solutions and softwares and equipment, blah, blah, blah. And I think we have an assignment on uh, this uh, homepage for HBO online. Uh, you can watch it and see it there for sure. Uh, also, you notice there's a lot of space here. Uh, it's split off in four different drawers. Uh, the keys are gone. Um, and there's a tree out front. You can get in the door now, which I'll be bringing in every few minutes. Um, Jay Greenbank and Jake Strauss, they more hours on Saturday to come to this location. So very appreciative of that as well. Uh, we got a lot done. We could have just kept going all the heck up all class and made it longer. Um, I think honestly as Robert Reese Price once predicted, TV versus the projectors of these days. I think with uh, we have so much space up here it's really just kind of spread out. And uh, some extras in my life. Robert came in this morning and was like, I didn't know there was this much space up here. I'm like, yeah, well we have a wardrobe that's so big and all these Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those 
positive vectors about planet Mars. They don't have swords, they have staffs, right? We can talk about these. Besides, I messed up by signal. Thank you, Siri. We, when you're born in this world, you're born in a world and you're born to sin, right? And actually, what the angel is telling us Ephesus is that Christ teaches the angel of Ephesus to teach not between different races, but between different cultures, but he brings peace between man and God. And that if we believe in Jesus, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will forgive us of our sins and we will have peace with God. So, y'all pay attention. I'm going to light this candle. very difficult to have children as well. So use those colors clips to try and help point your children to the, the one and only Christian. So our second uh, sermon here in the Advent series, uh, Who is This Child? Or What Child Is This? So Advent series. Last week we talked about that the child is God. Right? The child is God. The, the second one is, is that the child Testify someone. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. We see him for a little while, but then lower. Namely, Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he may taste death for everyone. Verse 10. For it was fitting that he, who and by whom all things exist, and who is unchangeable, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who sanctify all have one source. That is why he is unchanged and called them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in you. And again, I behold, I and the children God has given me. Verse 
before we show you Jared's life as well, he has done likewise and chose the same thing, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely they did not aim to obey the law, but to help the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he has to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might be called a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, because he himself has suffered in the tempting, he is able to help those who are being tempted by Satan. So when we come this morning, eight key words that we have, peace and trust. As the angels sing to the shepherds, the tidings do move that the baby in the manger, the, the baby in Palestine is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Not just in peace We pray, Lord, that as we spend time in advance of celebration for Christmas focusing on the incarnation of Christ, who Jesus is, Lord, that you would help us and you would focus our hearts and minds to Christ. That our minds would not be distracted by the busyness of Christmas and busyness of the season, but instead our hearts and minds would be Christ would be focused mainly on Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We pray these things. This child is God son of man who experienced death so that we could become sons and daughters of God, found in glory and honor and have hope in the gospel. This child is God is God son of man who experienced death so that we could become sons and daughters of God, crowned with glory and honor and have hope in the gospel. Um, for some of us, this seems to be a call. Uh, some of this seems to be a predominantly Gentile nation. Similar in India, you know, among foreign Christians, Nepal, Bangladesh, uh, and Pakistan are all one large nation and they're very similar towards the people. Uh, but when, uh, when in India got its independence, it called it in uh, Bangladesh, Bhutan, which is Pakistan, and also Pakistan had their independence. But really, it's still a predominantly Hindu nation uh, of India, Nepal, Bangladesh, uh, and Bhutan that is primarily a Different classes within the nation. And actually, this system, this caste system, has been going on in India for 3,000 years. And even though democracy has been in India, you know, it's kind of crazy right now, but democracy in India, even though they've, they've had a democracy, they have a prime minister, they have a parliament, they still have this, this system by which whatever, whatever family or that's kind of been your lot in life. You can't, it's difficult to raise yourself up by this bootstrap. As we are accustomed to saying in the United States, that any man can be whatever he confessed to be true. That's not absolutely true in a society. Like Jesus. 
from India who uh, ended up actually getting his doctorate from Harvard. Even though whatever family you're born into, that's still your law. So this young man was born into the lowest caste in India. He was called the Akshatriya. And his father, basically the lowest, there's about 200 million people in India are the lower caste called the Akshatriya. And they're the lowest of low. And basically the occupation that they do, the only occupation really that you're allowed to do, is clean the sewers. The dirtiest job in society. Well, this young man was born in this family. And he actually ended up going to university. He, uh, he went to England and went to Harvard, um, had his doctorate, and still he was treated like he is part of that same path. So that's what he's born into. That's what his father did. That's what his father's father's did. In India, there are uh, thousands of different castes and different people, but really there's like four major or five major classes. You have the priests or the religious uh, and the scholars, which are kind of like what we think of the heads of the god, kind of the highest class. You have the governmental, you have the traders, you have the uh, kind of the servant class, then you have the lowest class, which are called the Kshatriyas. Individuals whose places and faith in society have already been Tombstones in their burial ground, and they were to mingle with the pollutants of the air. The, as I said before, the, the employment and the occupation of the lowest class in India, they took bow stones, really the tombs uh, and claw, on the claws, and put them in waste paper and discarded pieces of everything that kind of goes into the sewer, their job is to clean it. And it's been known that people will die fallen into this disgusting uh, muck, or at least the doctor that they had worked in dark, the underbelly of the city. They will fall, they will get trapped, and they will end up on dead people's bedrooms. This is a thing that's hated by a lot of, of the lowest class in India for their work. And so, what's so significant about this, 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 this society, and what's actually still going on today, is that how have we got Genesis chapter 1 says that God created us 
even said that he, it, it's basically held because you, I've given you everything free. I've given you a dominion over everything. But he didn't say I give you dominion, but also I give you dominion over subhumans. Or those who are also human, but may I comport with you. He doesn't say that in Genesis chapter 1. Really what God is saying in Genesis chapter 1 is, is that humans are to rule together as equals. Over God's creation. That God subjected his creation to his image bearers. But as we see from Genesis chapter 3, when we see the, the fall of man, when Adam and Eve fell and disobeyed God and ate of such the fruit, they lost their place. We've lost our place. And by that, because of sinfulness in the world, because of the fallen nature of the world, some have subjected others and subjected themselves above fellow image bearers of God. Traditionally, even when we think about the caste system, which seems so out of place and out of mind for us in here in the Western world, in the world today, did you know that currently, today, there are four, 40 million slaves? More than there was in the ancient Near East at that time. One-fourth of them are children. 71% of slaves are women or girls. And the, the, the most popular ways of, of modern slavery is forced prostitution or forced labor. So, and, and basically how they define uh, human trafficking is transporting someone into a situation for exploitation, for forced labor. And even if you think about, okay, that still seems kind of out of mind, out of place, at least in that state. Slavery was eradicated in the United States in the 1800s. We don't have slavery anymore, which is not true. We still have slavery, but it's not as bad as that used to be. But we've let happen that people are being exploited in that way. Last year in 2018, only 600,000 children were born in the U.S. Over 600,000. So where have we gone from Genesis chapter 1, where God created humans in his image, or image bearers of God, and they're equal together, right? And, and God gave them dominion over creation, over his created order. He gave them basically the, the, the power to rule. To now to a point where there's a caste system in many nations. There's uh, sex trafficking and, 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 uh, and, uh, and slavery that happens still. And that every year, hundreds of thousands of children are in how have we ever gotten to this point? What does that have to do with Scripture? And that's the question. I want to get, I'm going to give us a little bit of context. Like I said last week, the child in the manger is God. In the beginning was the Word, and He was with God, and He was, was God. And all things were created through Him. John said, life is in Him. The Word is the true life. Coming into the world, and those who believe him and receive him, those are rightfully called children of God, truthful, afraid of the truth. He dwells among the people. The people saw his glory, the glory of God. And how does how does one earn? How does sorry? How does the word? How does this child in the manger earn for us the status of children of God? And that's what we get to Hebrews chapter chapter two. We know from the the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter one that. What makes Jesus so much more significant than angels is that he is the Son of God. He is sonship. 
exact imprint of God's nature, Christ has the exact imprint of his nature. It says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God calls him my son. He's greater than angels. He has an eternal throne. Uh, he is the Lord. Hebrews 1 says, he is the Lord, Yahweh. He is the Lord. He is God. The baby in the manger is God. He is made inferior to the angels like us in every respect, so that he may be crowned together with him in glory and honor and have all things subjected to what? Him. Point number one, the subpoint. The crown of creation the world to come and animated it himself. Jason, in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 2, the writer says, how can, how can he neglect this great salvation? How can he drift away from this great salvation? Salvation is for what? And so he starts in verse 5 saying, God did not subject the created world to angels, or the world to come to angels. For to whom has he subjected the world to come to? And then the writer of Hebrews starts to Outline from Psalms chapter 8 who God has subjected the world to come to. And it talks about the human destiny. Genesis chapter 1 and 26, we created us in the image of God. He created us to have dominion over creation of God. There's a, I don't know if you've been to Disney World, but you've never been to the image, but the Epcot, the wall, right? And that ride is really cool. To the, the progression of man. Man started ignorant, started as in the cave, right? To do very little, to progress to what? To like technology and computers and all this high intelligence. That's un- unbiblical because we actually started better than we are actually now. We started with glory and honor as God's creation and created in his image, and we have fell from. says here, because uh, again, the, the, the writer of Hebrews is quoting uh, that the David Psalms chapter 8. You have crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under him. Subjected everything under his feet. Who is he talking about? What is man that you are mindful of him? Who is he talking about? This is not a mosaic song. Okay? Don't get caught thinking that he's talking about Christ. So Psalms 8 is not a mosaic song. David is, 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 is observing creation and observing humanity and going, how are you mindful of us? Why would you even remember us? Why do you even care for humans? You've made them a little lower than angels. But really, this is just a temporary status. We're actually princes awaiting kingship. Prince Charles is still waiting to be king, isn't he? His mother continues to live, Elizabeth II. She continues to live. She's still not died. Charles may die before she ever dies, right? But he's still waiting to be king. Prince William is waiting to be king. Psalmist is saying, you know, waiting. There's a the destiny that, that is in front of humanity. The intentions of God is that we are destined for something greater. Intended 
to rule creation, even the angels themselves. Hence the psalmist says, uh, as the reader quotes, he says, you crowned him with glory and honor, talking about humanity. You made him in your divine image. You created him and her to rule. You to rule with wisdom and love. He's, he didn't talk with the idea of rule and subjection here. The negative and bad words. Biblically, they're not bad words. They're great words, actually. The thought is, is that, oh, if we have subjection, if we rule, if we have dominion, we must do it in a evil or, or unloving way. But that's not what we were created to be. We were created to do what? Reflect God. So that the rule is what? It's in wisdom and love. Don't get caught thinking those are bad words. You were created to rule. You were created to, to have dominion over creation. And to do it with what? Quality. And it's quality to God. Wisdom and love. And it says here that, so that, that God has subjected everything under their care. And when I think of, uh, again, it's hard for us to think of this when you think rulers are negative and bad. But think of Chronicles of Narnia. Think of uh, Peter and, 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 uh, and, 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 and Lucy and Susan um, Edmonds. They were what? They were good and wise and loving when they were actually kings and queens of Narnia when they were teenagers. They were good. They were worthy of their titles. They were good and people loved them. That's the image we think of as it talks about how God's people were to rule over creation. They were to do it in a loving and wise way. Wonderful and just and wise. That's why all of our children dream of being princesses and princes. It's not because Disney is giving them that credit. Don't give this, don't give Disney the credit for why our children love being princesses and princes. It comes from God. We dream, we are so enamored to think that Disney is the one that creates imagination. Disney is not creating imagination. God creates imagination in us, and we were created to reflect God. By nature, we are royalty. Not the not the not the royalty of anyone. They're not just the only ones. We were created to do this. We were created to oppress this creation. We were by nature we are royalty denying deny our true nature. Why do we suppress this nature? Why is the world mad and chaotic and worse than us and have subjection over the world? It happens. Why does this happen? Why is the world in chaos? Why is the world mad? Why do we suppress this nature that we are created for? This comes to the second point. It's the prodigal people. The prodigal people. Humanity's potential is called and taunted by sin and death. Verse 8. At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him. The reason why we don't see men and women ruling together with love and wisdom created to do is in light of the fall of man and sin. Pain, frustration, death, the destiny of rule has been hampered, sin and consequently death has thwarted human dominion. Our rule has led to destruction, leaving the Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel, leads all the way to the flood where the world is in chaos. It's so evil that God is destroys the world and, and, and basically restarts the condition of the world after the flood is not any better than the condition of the world before the flood. The destiny
seem to be a great son of the master, but instead have made a wreck of our inheritance. We are just like the prodigal son. We are created to rule. We are created to, to be with the master and to, to assist him, but instead we leave. We take our inheritance and have a wreck. God created in his image to he created us in his image to rule, that subjects everything subjected to our rule, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and from our attendant glory. We were created to be crowned with glory and honor, and because of sin and death, we do not. That's why the writer of Hebrews says that uh, we do not see everything in subjection to him. Verse 46, the elder brother Jesus becomes like us to make us sons and daughters of God. This is a lie of the Trinity. Christian, don't misunderstand this. We were created to rule. We were created uh, to be crowned with glory and honor. Uh, we were created to have subject everything subjected to us, and everything that present is not subjected to us. But we belong to the death and the world. We made a wreck of our inheritance. Then comes the elder brother. Instead of the elder brother in the prodigal of self-righteousness and said, well, I did everything right. I stayed home. I, I did all the work for you. I helped you. You know, I didn't, and I didn't make a wreck of my inheritance, unlike my prodigal brother. Jesus is not like that elder brother. Jesus instead lowers himself to our task, to our life. For a little while, was made low, inferior to the angels, lower than the angels. Their, their belief is, is that we progress to better humanity by what? By working towards the earth. Using human resources. Producing a better world. Working more together. It's interesting, before you get to Isaiah chapter 9, which talks about the great light who's coming to the world, right? And that the foundation of the truth of God. The chapter right before that talks about how Israel relied on Human resources relied on chariots and allies and other kings and other animals, not resting on God. And what did it end up leading to? It led to their actual invasion and conquest of the land. Relying on governments or markets or technology or innovation to create new solutions, light within us, we can fix our problems, we can solve our issues. We just work together. It's not a physical problem or a communal problem. It's a spiritual problem. Uh, Belkoff Teibel, who was the first president of the Czech Republic, said the problem with science is just look at the Nazis. They use science for what means? To power and obsess. So science won't fix your problem. Science will not create a better world. He said that the truth of good life will not help nor is democracy alone enough to train human and seeking after God is but instead seeking after science why? because humanity cannot train itself political systems, ideology has only led to more darkness more wars in the 20th 
should be ashamed of us. He's perfect and holy. He's the sanctified one. We're the ones being sanctified from darkness. Some take us back to the beginning. He's our holy brother. He brings us to glory. He establishes us as we were meant to be. His crowning, his suffering and death, he blazes the path for us to follow this same crown of gloriosity. And then he celebrates with us. He celebrates our elevation. Unlike the elder brother, right, of the triumphal Christ, he's mad that his son, his brother is being affronted in celebration. Jesus is celebrating our elevation. Which is why it's a bodily intent that we gain. It's his intent is that we be crowned with glory once more. And Jesus earns his crown of glory through what? Suffering and death. Tom Strider says, the suffering one has become the exalted one. Jesus who suffered death for the sake of his brothers and sisters is now crowned with glory and honor at God's right hand. The, the rule over the world promised through Jesus has been realized in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What ends up happening in Psalm 22, which is just quoted here in the verses, is a family celebration. We celebrate. This is why we're children of God. And our brother has been destroyed through the death. And because we put our faith in him, we have a celebration. Because we have all been crowned with glory and honor in Christ. The graduation, the wedding, it's a first birthday celebration. One of my favorite moments of uh, me and Lucy's wedding was actually not the wedding, and that was a good day. But I just, I, I, for some reason, I have so many happy memories from the day before the wedding. Because we had the, like, rehearsal dinner, and then we had this kind of, like, party at my parents' house um, with Alex, Alex on deck. For those who weren't necessarily family, but they came from out of town, we had this kind of special party for them the night before. And it was, like, so much fun. I had plenty of time to catch up and talk to some people I hadn't seen in a while. And it was just so much fun. There was so much, like, happiness in that room. There was so much, like, celebratory feelings and emotions in that room. I still get I still remember it as I talk about it. And that 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 what was going on in that day on December the eighteenth, almost eleven years ago, can't even dare to compare what the family celebration that will happen when we are united with Christ fully. It's gonna be a family celebration. No feast or celebration or party could ever match it. And know who's gonna be the head of the table? Our brother. Jesus Christ who suffered and died for us so that we could live. He partook of the same nature, says in verse 4. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Satan, who was confused through the enemies and rebelled against God, which brought death and sin in the world. Satan is the ruler of the world. Prince of the power of the air, death preventing beings from obtaining the rule of the world to come. In Isaiah chapter or Psalm chapter one, we now die in the Satan's dominion instead of live, being alive in God's kingdom. But death can only be undone through death. The penalty of sin is death, and Christ pays 
subject to lifelong anguish. So instead of being created to have all things subjected under us, we actually end up being subjected to torture. We get subjected. We get, we're like slaves. We were created to rule, and now we are slaves. Why? It's not what God intended. When God saw that his sword pierced the heart of the serpent, Christ conquered death. We join him as his brothers and sisters in his victory and our victory by all rest on the fact that Jesus took on flesh. Jesus can't die when we take on flesh. Jesus doesn't taste death when we take on flesh. Jesus doesn't suffer because we take on flesh. Verse 17, he is obligated. He's obligated. He has to be like his brothers as he himself. As he himself. Again, he's the pioneer of salvation. He's the trailblazer of salvation. He had to set the path to the crown of glory and honor through his suffering and obedience. If you read the Gospels, you know that Jesus was 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 in trial, that he was uh, he was tra- he was pressed. He had he had enemies who tried to move him off the path of the, of the Father for him. But what was he do? He obediently suffered. He was our pioneer, our trailblazer, obedient in suffering and obedient in death. And the last point is this: he was also the gentle and approachable high priest. He's the elder brother, but he's also the gentle and approachable high priest. Jesus becomes like us, becomes more our gentle and approachable high priest who begs pardon and understands and is able to help and deny us. He took on the same flesh. He had the same experience that all of us have. One of the most significant, one of the, one of the most significant verses in the Gospels, not the, but it's one of is the shortest that Jesus wept. When you, his friend Lazarus died, when his friends Mary and Martha were heartbroken because of Lazarus' death, Jesus responded in what way? He wept. He cried. He showed emotion. He showed sadness. He was betrayed by his friends. He was abandoned by his friends. Interesting other aspect of Jesus' life that doesn't get any word in the gospel, but it did happen. That Jesus lost his father. Did you know that? Joseph died before he started his ministry. Well, he was 30. He lost his father. And you can go, well, that's not his real father, right? Jesus kind of, I mean, Joseph just kind of adopted him. Jesus, that was his father. It was his father. He looked up there. I mean, what, what do you think Jesus did as a profession for the ministry? He was a carpenter. What do you think he wanted his father? He spent a lot of time with Joseph. That was his earthly father. He lost him. Do you not think Jesus cried when his father died? Do we think Jesus is so un- un- unable to show emotion because he's God that he could cry when his father died? He knows he's shed a tear when his friend shed a tear. He shed a tear when his friend Lazarus died. Jesus wept more than Joseph. Experienced the most agonizing emotional pain that any human has ever lived. That his eternal father took back on him after, uh, after, uh, after he placed all of our sins upon him. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so the righteousness of our righteousness. 
He became a merciful and faithful high priest. He is fully and truly and very human. He earned his crown of glory through suffering. All things have been subjected to him. He is qualified to serve as the high priest. He is merciful and faithful. He makes pardon for the sins of his brothers and sisters. He is the pioneer of their salvation. We share a common crown of glory and honor with him. He leads the family as our elder brother. He died for his family. He died for us. As his brothers and sisters, he died for his family. He made pardon for his family. We know what kind of high priest he is because Matthew 11, 28 says that he had a gentle and lowly heart. We know that that's the heart of Christ, that he is, he is gentle and he is lowly. We know that he has suffered. He suffered when he was tempted. He suffered when he was under trial. He was suffering. There's nothing that you have experienced in your life that Jesus doesn't know. That Jesus doesn't understand. That Jesus is not sympathetic to. If you've lost a parent, Jesus understands. If you've lost someone that's close to you, Jesus understands. Not as a only as God, but as a human, he understands. He's able to help those. Look at the Garden of Gethsemane when he when he when he when he after the tears of blood when he was so stressed because of what he was about to do. No other religion has this concept of the God who suffers, the God who knows, who understands. Jesus, the Son of God, who is God, is reliable. He took on flesh, he suffered, yet he was obedient. His heart, the description of our Savior, who is like us in every way, our high priest, our elder brother, he is merciful and faithful. He is gentle and lowly at heart. Through his body and blood, he made pardon for my sins, for your sins. He took our place. So that I and you and I could go be sons and daughters of God. The baby in the manger enabled you and me to become fully Just think of the coming king as being offered of our own crown That's what's so important about Advent. That's what's so important about Christmas. That it's such crowded with presents and family and Santa Claus and whatever, whatever, Christmas carols. We forget how important Advent is to the suffering of our lives. That's why the title of the sermon is called The Thread of the Night. Because we're surrounded by darkness, we're surrounded by Follow him, faithfulness to him, leads the crown of glory and honor. But yet we are still in darkness. We are still surrounded by the night. And the baby coming into the world, the first advent, because we still wait for Christ. We still wait Christ's return. The only thing that gives us hope in the night is the cross. The only thing that gives us hope in the night is to know that God sent his son into the world who suffered and 
Jesus' death on our behalf. Many of us have lost memories. Many of us have gone through heartbreak. Recognizing we know that we, we may see our loved ones in the future. We may be restored in the future, but we still are here. We still wait that day. Advent is an action. When we look at the baby in the manger, when we look at Christ's life, when we look at his suffering, his obedience, his death, his death on the cross, when we come to that, we put our faith in that, we put our trust in that, it gives us hope. It gives us hope. some degree of trial, some degree of temptation. And if we don't focus our hearts and mind on our elder brother, on our great high priest, we will fail in trust. We will fail in faithfulness. We will fail to be obedient. Look to our elder brother. Look to our great high priest. The one who thanks you so much that you were not. The one who thanks you more that you Thank you.